0: We take you on a journey into the life of a different animal every week, and I guarantee you you're going to come out of here knowing more about your favorite animal than you did before. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about an animal that's extremely intertwined in human culture through literature, film, and folklore. But what might surprise you is that they're known as some of the smartest animals on the planet, which gives a completely new meaning to the phrase bird-brained. And we're not going to need to travel too far for this episode because many of you can find these animals in your own backyard. So take a look outside your window because we're going to be talking about crows Crows can be found in most places in the world, except for the Poles and South America. They like open habitats with some trees to be able to roost, and they can live in rural or urban areas. This is why you'll oftentimes find them in parks and backyards. Well, that and the fact that they can eat scraps left behind by people. A group of crows is called a murder, and they're called a murder because in folklore, some believe that crows are omens of death. This is partially due to the fact that they're scavengers and they've been associated with dead bodies and cemeteries. In addition to that, they are also thought to circle in large numbers above animals that are about to die. And if you're starting to think about Edgar Allan Poe when you think of these animals, you're not alone, but you're also not exactly right. Because crows are so abundant and similar to other blackbirds, they're also mistaken for ravens. Although they are both found in the genus Corvus, which is a genus containing 39 species of stocky birds with strong beaks and feet, there are differences between the species. To tell the difference between a crow and a raven, first look at their beaks. Raven beaks are bigger, thicker, and have a curve, while crow beaks are thinner, slimmer, and straighter. Ravens are also larger than crows. Ravens have an average wingspan of 3.5 to 4 feet, and are around 24 to 27 inches long, while crows have an average wingspan of two and a half feet and are only about 17 inches long. Ravens also weigh more than crows. Ravens can weigh up to 40 ounces, while crows weigh only about 20 ounces. Birds within the genus Corvus are called Corvids, and they include crows, ravens, rooks, jays, magpies, tree pies, jackdaws, and cloths. The smallest corvid is the one ounce dwarf jay, endemic to Mexico. And the largest corvid is the three pound common raven, found all over North America. Crows, along with the majority of other corvids, are known for being extremely clever, smart, and adaptive. They have the largest brain to body ratios, which is also called the encephalization quotient, of any birds. In fact, One study suggests that the crow's brain is the same relative size as the chimpanzee's brain, which is just insane. And if you're a longtime listener and remember our first ever episode, you'll remember that I mentioned brain-to-body size ratios when I talked about orcas. Now, I want you to think for a second about some of the things that you would say set us apart from other animals. First, you might think about our ability to make and use tools. Well, crows can do that. They've been known to use sticks and other objects in their environment to get food from places that they can't reach. And we're going to talk more about that later on in the episode. Crows also have the ability to remember faces just like humans. They've been observed recognizing, responding to, and then adapting to human faces. Scientists believe that this is a behavior evolved from living in urban environments as urban birds have significantly larger brains than birds living in rural areas and are able to adapt their behaviors to changes in their environment really quickly. They can remember if the face is a threat or beneficial to them and have been seen seeking revenge on specific people that have done them harm in the past. So try not to get on a crow's bad side. Then you might think about our ability to talk as unique. Well, think again. Just like parrots, Crows have the ability to learn and mimic other birds' calls, and even human speech, by using their syrinx. The syrinx produces sound without using vocal folds, which is different than how humans and other mammals produce sound. And lastly, you might think about our emotions as something solely human, but crows have been known to hold funerals and mourn the dead, so maybe we're not as different as we like to make ourselves out to be. Okay, let's take a quick break, but stay tuned because you'll hear about the eating habits of crows and more about their behaviors when we get back. The science word that I'll talk about today is fecundity. Fecundity is basically a synonym for fertility so it describes the ability to produce offspring. Environmental factors like space or food availability can increase or decrease fecundity. Okay, we're back. So crows living in urban environments tend to be opportunistic foragers, meaning that they eat whatever they can find and they can adapt their foraging strategies. Because of humans encroaching on wildlife through urbanization, thousands of crows will migrate to and from rural agricultural pastures and even dumpsters in the search of easily available food. They'll eat pretty much anything that they can find. People food, waste, meats, plants, insects, etc. Something that shows you how extremely smart they are is the way that they use us in order to get food. In Japan, crows have been using cars to crack nuts that they're unable to open. They drop the nut on a road and wait for a car to run over it, cracking the nut and giving them an easy snack. And they're able to eat so many different things because they have a very efficient digestive system. But they really prefer to eat meat or insects over plants. Occasionally, they'll even feed on carcasses and raid other birds' nests for eggs. When there's low food availability, they've been observed eating young birds and small mammals. Like the majority of corvids, they display the behavior of burying their food to eat it later as well. They take food that they're not going to eat now and store it so that they can access it when they need it. And crows can travel about 60 miles away from their roosting site in order to find food. But they do have some predators to worry about, like owls and hawks. Crows are extremely social creatures and understand that there's safety in numbers. They communicate using calls and can warn each other of any nearby predators. (laughs) Crows will have a designated individual called a sentry or a sentinel, and they keep watch for the other crows while they feed to alert them of any danger. They've even been seen calling to each other when in the presence of predators and assembling mobs to join together and attack them. As I talked about earlier, crows have been observed using tools to access food. The New Caledonian crow is able to plan out strategies on how to use their tools in advance, which requires a lot of intelligence. In one study, scientists put a piece of food in a jar filled with water. Crows were smart enough to know that dropping a stone into the jar will cause the water to overflow and allow them to get the food. So we learned about some cool crow behaviors. But what about mating behaviors? We'll talk about that right after the break. Okay, time for today's trivia question. Which land animal has the largest eyes? A, an elephant. B, an ostrich. C. A giraffe or D. A rhino? The answer is B. An ostrich. Ostrich eyes are two inches across and are as large as billiard balls, which is larger than their own brain. Alright, welcome back. So, crows reach sexual maturity around 2 to 4 years old and don't breed until they're 3. After they find a mate, they'll go and find territory to build their nests. They can use territories for multiple years and will work to protect them. Some crows have been seen returning to their nesting sites years after they lay eggs. And some species of crows have been known to build nests where they were hatched themselves. Crow pairs will mate for life, but there are instances of extra pair copulations, which means that one of the individuals will occasionally mate with someone different than their partner. And if a mated pair loses a male, the female will be more likely to have extra pair copulations. Crows like to build their nests really high in the trees, and they construct them within the forks on the branches. They start to nest build mid-March, and both sexes help build the nest. The nests are sticks lined with fur, grass, and other soft materials that they find. And the female will have about four to five eggs that are kind of pale bluish in color. The female will sit on the eggs for about 20 days to keep them warm until they hatch. During this time, the male is going out and feeding her. The chicks stay in the nest for about 30 to 45 days until they're able to fly. And the process of birds growing their feathers that allow them to fly is called fledging. And once fledging, the chicks are still dependent on their parents for about two months before they're ready to take on the world on their own. Crows engage in this really weird behavior called cooperative breeding, meaning that multiple individuals cooperate in raising the young. This means that besides just the parents, other individuals in the crow's murder can help them raise their chicks. These individuals are typically young males that are related to one of the parents. We don't really know the exact reason why they do this, but one of the agreed-upon explanations is that because the individuals involved in raising the young are usually related, they're helping to pass their DNA on to the next generation. The behavior of cooperative breeding has costs for both the parents and the helpers. On one hand, the parents are losing food resources to the helpers, and on the other hand, the helpers are delaying their own breeding efforts. These breeding groups are called crow families, and they can contain up to 20 individuals. Crows have a lifespan of around 6 to 10 years, but they've been recorded living as long as 15 years. So we always have to ask this question, why are crows important to the ecosystems that they live in? Well, crows play a critical role in waste management as they consume tons of pounds of waste every year, which prevents pests and the spread of disease. Oftentimes we think of scavengers as gross and unclean, but they're usually the animals that are cleaning up the ecosystems. And a single crow family can eat up to 40,000 insects in one nesting season, effectively controlling insect populations. Because of their behavior of burying their food, they indirectly contribute to forest renewal by storing and dispersing seeds, too. And as I talked about earlier, crows are pretty adaptable, so most species are doing okay. But there are some that need our help. The Hawaiian crow is extinct in the wild, and they only exist in captivity now. The Mariana crow is critically endangered, and there's only about 250 mature individuals in the wild. Luckily, by supporting specific organizations, we can help these birds. You should check out the Bird Conservation Alliance, the Cornell Lab of Ornithology, and Partners in Flight. Thank you so much for coming on this adventure with me as we explored the world of crows. You can find the sources that we used for this podcast and links to organizations that we reference at onwildlife.org. You can also email us at onwildlife.podcast at gmail.com. And you can follow us on Instagram at on underscore wildlife or on TikTok at onwildlife. Don't forget to tune in next Wednesday for another awesome episode. And that's On Wildlife.